Hello and welcome to Thoughts from the Finish Line, a podcast brought to you by everybody at Finish Line Physical Therapy. This is our third episode and today I had the pleasure of speaking with Connor Hesselberg, Doctor of Physical Therapy, one of our PTs here at Finish Line. And the main thing we talked about today was overtraining. If you're a runner, if you're an endurance athlete, a cyclist, triathlete, uh, overtraining is something you've probably heard about before, and it's probably something that you've potentially run into in your life. It's in a world where we're always being told to push harder, work harder, do more. It can be so easy to do too much, and our bodies can handle whole, only handle so much. So, yeah, today we talk about how to avoid overtraining, how to navigate overtraining if you do end up getting to that point and just how to keep your mind in a healthy place when it comes to doing the right amount of work so that you can accomplish your goals, so you can enjoy training, and so you can stay healthy consistently throughout your training towards whatever goal you are aiming for, whether it be a marathon, a triathlon, a half marathon, or even a local 5K. So yeah, tune into the next 45 minutes or so of podcast entertainment and we're going to be going over all of that information and if you yourself have any further concerns about overtraining or you are running into a bit of an injury just reach out to us at finish line physical therapy you can reach out on instagram you can give the office a call or you can simply email one of the administrative staff i am one of them simply gerard at finishlinept.com and we'll get you set up with one of the physical therapists here. We can help you find the right training tactics and treatment plans for whatever goals or injuries you, you are dealing with. So yeah, that's all I have to, as far as introductions go. Uh, yeah, let's get to it. Hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast and tune in next time for even more information and good words from the people of FLPT. All right, we are recording. Yay. All right, Mr. Connor Hesselberg. I'm Gerard. I am one of the hosts of this fin- uh, Thoughts from the Finish Line podcast. And today I am joined by none other than Doctor of Physical Therapy, Mr. Connor Hesselberg. Uh, Farah is not with us. She's up at the front uh, putting in some hard work. But yeah, I get, I get the pleasure of speaking with Connor for the next... 49 minutes or so. Woo. Yeah. How you doing? I'm good. Yeah. I'm ready to talk about some overtraining. Cool. Yeah. I think uh, I think this is a really important topic. I think it's a topic that relates to a lot of people. And uh, it's a topic that I've personally dealt with a lot in my, my running career and just career as an athlete in general. So um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's something that a lot of people deal with. So yeah. What is... Uh, I guess the first thing we should talk about is what even is overtraining? Well, how would you define overtraining? So I personally think overtraining is one of those things that you're just trying to put in as much work as you possibly can and trying to fit it in like to the best of your ability. So you're obviously working a full-time job and you're trying to get like all those miles in at like 5 a.m. or 9 o'clock at night and just trying to do whatever it takes. And over time, your body just starts deteriorating and it's hard for you to actually bounce back from all that training that you did and by the end of the training cycle you're just completely drained and you have no idea how to like what to do about it yeah um 
Yeah, and it's it's definitely something that can catch people off guard. It's caught me off guard a ton of times, and uh, it can be very confusing and a little scary. Obviously, very frustrating because running or whatever sport you're doing, cycling, triathlon, it, it's it's you're doing it because you love it, right? I'm assuming that's why. Yeah, you and do it's it. also <laughs> one of those things that you like don't even think about until the very end. You're right, right? Like like my experience of overtraining. When I had burnout when I was in college, you know, at first it kind of developed as knee pain. And then over time, like my times were just vastly slowing down both during workouts and on easy runs. So then we thought it was an iron deficiency. So I started trying to take a little extra of that, like with my meals and stuff. And then obviously we can get into this with what more of what overtraining is, but then you just start losing sleep. You start thinking about it. You start getting stressed out about things that you're not typically stressed about. And then by the end of it, it's like, I am just burnt out. And at that point, it's unfortunately too late, hopefully for most, because you've already done like all the hard work, right? And then, and as compared to at least with physical therapy, you diagnose something, you talk about a plan of care, and you do all these exercises, movements, whatever it is to get yourself better. Typically with overtraining, you just have to rest. And at that point, it's obviously not what anyone wants to hear, you and me included, of just do nothing for a amount of time because your body needs to reset. But... You know, you work your body to the bone for so long that it needs to actually, you know, get oxygen back to your cells, like actually sleep, like feel rejuvenated, eat well, all the stuff that we would take for granted as we're just going through this thing that we call life. And, you know, too much training could obviously just make it feel like crap. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think I think you maybe just spoke about this a little bit, but like, what would, what would you say are, are some like warning signs of... Of like let's let's touch a little bit more on that so like because to me what every time I've overtrained I would get to a point where I felt a little tired or maybe I just had like a little bit of calf soreness or or something was like popping up but so often you hear like oh you got to push through the pain oh it's no days off like so so much of our society is has that, that that language of like oh you gotta if you're not if you're not like struggling or you're not suffering at all you're not working hard so yeah and that's like the mamba mentality that everyone liked to grow up with in the early 2000s right like i gotta work hard every single day to be the best at what i do and when it comes to endurance athletes that's just not true like more and more research is coming out that you need to take those easy days easy and all these people too like they think they're running easy when really they're not they're running at this moderate pace when you actually need to be backing it off even more so to answer your question about the early warning signs, I mean, again, like to my experience and from what I've seen, it's more based off of what you're kind of going through yourself. Like if you start having this pain and you don't really know where it's coming from, like, and especially to just working with physical therapy, you have these overuse injuries, you normally just immediately assume is some sort of biomechanical issue or mm -hmm. muscle imbalances. Um, the way you're running is really off. Your shoes are really worn out, something like that. So the early warning signs are more so of something that nothing's really working. And again, to my point of like trying to take iron, like trying to treat my injury, like nothing was working, if anything, making it worse. Cause I just kept staying on my legs, kept trying to train through the burnout. And that was just making it even worse when it was happening. So the typical signs that you see are really just things that nothing's helping. And even like trying to catch up on sleep, but then still feeling like more aggravated throughout the day. Um, you know, like you're going through classes um, for school or you're going to work and you're just feeling more stressed than you normally are, especially in situations when you shouldn't be, you know, like it's not like you have to be working all this time and feel burnt out. You're literally just going through just another day. 
and it's still you're still going home feeling like super agitated and fatigued and then you try to get through this run and you're like oh my god i can't believe i have to do this again yep. like running should be fun training should be fun that's the whole point and yeah, that's why if, you're doing it in the first place. exactly and if it feels more like work or more like an annoying part of your job then that's not what you want at all mm-hmm. that's not what training should be about yeah, and uh, I, I, I've per- personally found for myself that my best training blocks, my best uh, periods of my life where I felt like I was running great was when I just almost felt like I wasn't even working hard. Where I'd, Every day I was just having fun, like enjoying each run for the most part, and uh, just it, it, like trying to feel like, happy with each run, trying to get to each run feeling good. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, what would be like some advice that you would give to somebody to like – differentiate between like pains that do come up and are normal and you know you have that day that's just like oh i just don't feel like getting out but that that happens every now and then but Mm -hmm. like as aside from like you know true signs of overtraining and 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 how should you listen to those days that you know that, that do pop up every now and then yeah so i mean again like working pt like it really depends on every single person as well like that's the most annoying phrase that we use as physical therapists or yeah. it depends but yeah but when it comes down to it um my typical rule of thumb if you are running with pain or with an injury um, sticking to the scale of one to three out of 10 when you do have pain is like that green light that, okay, something's kind of bothering me, but and I know I have an injury, but my body mechanics aren't being thrown off. I know it's not going to get worse when I'm done. That's simply the green light that you want to give, or it's like something a little nagging. Usually when it gets into the yellow of four, five, six out of 10, that's where your body mechanics might feel off. That's when you feel like it might get worse as you're going or when the run's over. And when it comes to that, dealing with an injury, that's different from actually going through the overtraining. When you're actually overtraining, that's when even the easy days are feeling like you're dragging your feet through the mud and you feel like you're not getting any better. You're feeling stressed just about trying to fit in those easy days. The hard workouts are obviously something that are really hurting you and you feel like you're not hitting your times. You're getting frustrated about every little thing. And so, what you wanna do is just kind of back off. Listen to your body, listen to what your mind and body are telling you that you're not getting enough sleep. So me personally, especially with my last training cycle for Boston, I was having a really rough few weeks right before my buildup and I decided just to scrap the hard workouts, focus on the recovery because it's not about trying to fit in that one workout that's gonna make or break my entire race. It's about actually getting there which I feel like a lot of people would want to hear, right? You want to actually get to that race. You don't want, you don't think like this is the workout that's going to make my race. No, like your race is going to make your race. Totally. You know what I mean? So there's so many more factors that go into one race and one training cycle than just the one workout you have to fit in, even though your legs are not feeling great. So my big thing is just to listen to your body and the whole warning signs too of um, going through like the green, going through the yellow, going through the red with like how you feel on each run because We've all been there where our easy runs haven't felt great. Like we do drag our feet on these easy runs all the time. That just happens, right? And that's why you're supposed to have them because you're supposed to let your body recover. You're supposed to be listening to it. And then once you bounce back in a day or two, you're, you go back and think, okay, that day was worth it. It was worth taking shorter, slower r- runs that day to feel better for the weekend or for the race I have coming up. Yeah, and I think something you just said right there that was really important was 
bouncing back in a day or two. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's that's really only how long it should take is is a day or two. And if you're pushing yourself to the point and you're starting to notice it's taking three days, four days, five days to recover from a single workout, mm-hmm. then maybe you're you're going a little too hard. And um, and and also what you said about uh, during your Boston buildup, how you started like you just kind of scrapped the workouts for a little while mm-hmm. and just just ran normal for a little while I, I think that brings up a really good point of there's always there's just a lot of emphasis right now I, I think in running and endurance training on the seven day cycle and the Sunday long runs the Tuesday workouts the Thursday workouts and it and with Strava Strava is a really big thing that I want to talk yeah, about absolutely that uh, it just it seems like since everybody else is doing this on this exact day during the week every week that I should be doing this too and mm-hmm. if I don't get this one workout in then if I wait five days to do my next workout then I'm going to be flat my legs aren't going to remember how to run fast again but mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just not true right and training is all supposed to be individualized like you and me train very differently like we have the same goal in terms of running fast marathons and everything at the end of the day but that doesn't mean I should be training like you and you should be training like me. Everyone has to do their own different thing because running is individualized. Like everyone's body's different, how you load up your body is different in terms of what you're putting it through biomechanically, how you were brought up. So you just gotta take it like one person at a time. You can't just be following what everyone else is doing because that's also what we see a lot here at Finish Line is just people just seeing what people are doing on Strava or what their friends are doing and they follow it to a T and then they end up getting hurt. But they're like, but my friends don't get hurt doing that. It's like, that's because they're different people and they've been doing this maybe for a lot longer or they haven't been doing it long enough and their bodies are more fresh. Number of reasons why pain happens and why training doesn't work for a certain individual. And that's why, again, the most annoying question in PT is it depends. Yep. a quote that I've been thinking about recently is uh, I don't even know if you'd say it, a, a quote or just just uh, something like we used to learn when we were in elementary school that I, I just always remember my teachers saying like you are you're one one of the million but you are not even one of the million you're you're one in seven billion you're you're the only person on this planet that are, that is just like you and there's nobody else like you and and now it's it's I just I've been thinking about it lately because I feel like in, in adulthood there are a lot of people that like you just you see what everybody else is doing, you're like, you know, that that must be a good idea. I should mm-hmm. do that too. And then, like, I think it's good to obviously listen to good ideas and, and right. <laughs> follow research. But at the same time, like, you are your own individual person and, and stick to that. Stick, trust your gut. If your gut tells you to take a couple days off, stick to that. It, yeah. it, it will pay off for you. And I feel like that's just the problem with social media nowadays too. Like, not even just Strava. You just see all these people posting, like, all these workout videos and how hard oh, yeah. they're working and stuff. Like... Yeah, obviously see like what the pros do because people just want to follow them and they feel like you're like you're like that's your hero you know and you want to follow what they're doing you want to see what they're doing you love their brand you love everything but again like they're also pros they get paid to post all those things they get paid to you know run really fast and sometimes that life isn't really for anybody either and you see that a lot as you go through like their careers as well so it's really all just based on you and that's yeah. it uh, me personally, I I feel lucky to to be uh, like when I look at pro runners on on the internet and I see what they're doing and they the only thing they do all day is is either run or recover or, mm-hmm. or lift or whatever they're doing. Um, 
I see that and then I see what I'm doing where I, I get to run and then I get to go to work all day and like hang out with such cool people and and uh, you know get to work on stuff like this. I'm like, man, like I'm so much luckier than all those pro runners, like because <laughs> they have nothing to do all day. Yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, too, like you know, it's also the dream for a lot of people just to run and get paid and recover and repeat. Like that does sound awesome to an extent too. But then you're like really seeing the kind of miles and what they're really putting through their body, and you're like, yeah. Man, I don't know if I want to do that. It, it is but. a very uh, unique challenge that they put themselves through to reach the top level of the sport, and uh, good for them. But but yeah, I certainly can't replicate many of the things that many pro runners do because my lifestyle is so different from theirs. Yeah, yeah, and they have a lot of teams to and just you know scientists, coaches, nutritionists, dietitians, everything to make sure that they avoid overtraining. So just going back into the point of don't follow the pros because they're not going into you know what they're go what they go through in terms of recovery every day like they're they're not recording their dietitian sessions like once or twice a week they're not going into their physical therapy sessions their massage sessions as often so don't just because they, you're not seeing it online doesn't mean they're not doing it either yeah and and you have to remember too with with what pro runners are doing with their training is you know you see them do a big workout on tuesday and then a big workout on friday and then a big long run on sunday and and like back to that seven day cycle thing you think like I should be able to fit that in too, but uh, they're calculating it so precisely mm-hmm. that they are making sure they are fully recovered by that next big session. And they have the resources to do it, they have the time to do it, and they, they, like, they've also been training for years to get mm-hmm. their body to be able to do that so quickly. So when, when you see them doing it Tuesday, Friday, Sunday, or whatever the cycle is, um, you know, and, and you can't handle it the same way then can, they can. It's, it's not because they're just, they're tougher than you. It's not that. It's they, there's there's so many reasons that go into that. And uh, at the end of the day, training is cumulative. Mm-hmm. You put you put money in the bank, and then sometimes it takes a little bit longer to get that investment back. And just because it takes you a full week to recover from a workout doesn't mean that it's gonna, you know, you're gonna get the same benefit that it takes them in two days it's just it's different yeah because your money's still there you're not spending it exactly and don't spend it too much because like with <laughs> anything else in this world <laughs> spend your money too quickly you're not gonna have anything left you will run out um how will uh, you buy all those super shoes <laughs> <laughs> all right so what would you say about re- like kind of resetting after you've gone too far obviously you mentioned uh you know just taking time off completely, mm-hmm. resting entirely. But you know, if you have a big race in four weeks, say like taking a week, two weeks off right now isn't isn't the best idea. So like, what what are some other methods you'd say to just reset, get your get your body back, and even just as importantly, get your brain back in the game and, and ready for the the challenges that lie ahead. Yeah, so sometimes it's not even based on training on what to do to kind of reset. It's all just based on what you do in like the 23, 22 hours that you're not running. It's all about the recovery and what you're putting on in the meantime. So, you know, like eating a lot better, um, prioritizing sleep more than anything else. Obviously, easier said than done if people have family, kids, like long hours at work, all that. But if you're really trying to focus on not overtraining and you're feeling it creep up on you, you got to take recovery as your primary goal, not the miles. And so thinking back onto like our dietitian event that I did um, a few months ago uh, with some good friends of mine, um, just going to the recovery foods on what you want to do with that to keep yourself, um, like keep the inflammation down, um, make sure you're actually resting very well and not eating all the sugary food that keeps you hopped up in the middle of the night. Um, 
And once you are back to training and wanting to get those easy runs in, that's when you want to take it obviously shorter, slower, whatever it takes to still get the miles at the bare minimum, but also not wearing yourself to the bone and not like throwing something off like biomechanically either in terms of how you're actually running. And like I said before, just cutting out those hard workouts because again, priority should be rest, not trying to fit in these workouts just because you're like online coach or some random template that you found on Google like six months ago told you to do it on this day precisely. Prioritize rest more than anything else because that's the most important thing. Definitely. Um, yeah, and I mean, what would you say about like how should you feel coming back after after like you've been training hard for a while, you've hit the point of overtraining and then you took your advice and now it's been two weeks and are you maybe feeling like fresh and ready, like like full of energy? Are you maybe feeling stale or, or what, like how do you navigate that? Because per- personally I, I do feel a little stale sometimes after mm-hmm. that, but it's like almost like there, there is like some ways to approach it. I, I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, I usually call it more as flat than stale. I mean, obviously everyone can kind of describe it a little bit differently, but you know, you're not running for two weeks or you're only doing those easy runs. Like it might be tougher for you to get that turnover in your legs when you want to go that faster pace, or it might, it might feel like a little bit more of a struggle for you to like keep your form for like those longer runs that you have to fit in. But overall, it just, it's all about the process. You can't just expect your body just to feel great right after a 24 hour cycle of doing nothing. It's going to take a few days for you to start feeling a little bit better. But again, that's the whole point of listening to your body because run after run, Um, Even if it means like taking a day off in between, if you're not used to that or whatever, you really just need to trust the process that you gave the rest that your body deserved, go into the taper or whatever amount of time that you have left um, to get back into those hard workouts, but just really take your body one day at a time. And then once your body starts feeling better, that's when you can start incorporating those hard workouts, even the next day, if if your legs felt um, nice and recovered for a nice easy run with some strides like the day before. So what would be some mental advice you'd have for somebody who's just really struggling with like getting like like listening to their body because that that's been something for me in the past is just like I I was so ingrained in like Strava and listening to training plans and listening to advice online that I like almost just forgot how to listen to my body so like mm-hmm. Uh, what would be like a general more more like obviously there, there's like physical keys but like what would be like a mental key that, that you would you would say so I don't even know if I call it a mental key because and personally I feel a little bit better in terms of being able to listen to my own body and being able to help people listen to their own just because I studied anatomy and physiology for so long through PT school and now practicing it on a daily basis and so my advice would be not so much like a mental key but just to learn about the human body yourself whether that is like to go to a pt to learn more about your own specific diagnosis or just pick up a book or pick up um any book about any professional runner that has definitely been through struggles because no runner has been perfect in terms of their racing and training history so you dive into their careers and you dive into what they've been able to do for such a long time you can learn like what they experienced based on how they were feeling and their build up to what you're able to tune in for your own body. Cause even if you're not even people that have such a like strong time or just being really tough, being able to figure out like what's actually going on with themselves, 
it's tough for them to say like, yeah, I kind of feel it there. Like, I don't even know how to describe this pain. It's kind of like this, it's kind of like that. And sometimes those words are not even things you learn in PT school. It's like, okay, that's a first, like I never heard that before, but that's how you're perceiving it, right? And I need to be able to figure out how you're perceiving it and figure out what it really is because there are, there are more like keywords that you hear a patient tell you that this, this injury is more muscular, this is more joint related, this is more nerve related, whatever it may be. So really just learn about the body on your own hand, whether that's, you know, pick up a book and do the research yourself and not just diving into the internet, because as we know, you can't learn everything on the internet. That's more about picking up like peer reviewed research, maybe if you want to get that technical or just reading about the pros, reading about just human anatomy that you know is peer reviewed, you know the science is behind it. And that might give you better perspective to what's going on with your own body because you look at the anatomy, you read about the physiology of it all, and you're like, oh, okay, I think it might be something like that. And then you can start coming to a more professional and talk about, I think it's this, I was reading about it, but obviously I'm not trained. I need you to tell me exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it, to hear it from a, pro, a professional runner's perspective, written down pages over pages, kind of going through their own personal experience is a world of difference, has so much more value than just a simple Instagram post saying, I felt tired, so I took two weeks off. Mm -hmm. Try uh, try this. Try these new, three exercises new, that will make you a like injury-free runner, and, which and is the, never the uh, case. And don't forget about the hydration drink that I'm also sponsored by. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah <laughs> it's so, like, here are the tablets that will make you the best runner ever. Yeah, it, it's, it can be, uh, you know, social media is a very fun place to be, but it's, you know, you got to tread, tread lightly because it can become a slippery slope when you're somebody seeking legitimate advice uh what, what would be your favorite book in terms of like what you were just referencing i have, so, I have mine in mind but yeah I hear so first. one in terms of just learning about your own anatomy especially when it comes to runners is pretty much anything by jay dachari j-a-y-d-i-c-h-a-r-r-y not a sponsorship we don't he didn't pay us to say this i just love his books and i think the way he goes into anatomy and how it applies to running and just basic endurance training is a really good way just to both from a clinician standpoint and from a patient standpoint to know what's actually going on in the human body. And my personal favorite book um, when it comes to like professional runner is Meb Klofeski's book, 26 Marathons. Oh, yeah. That to me is like all time favorite. Um, obviously, arguably the best American distance runner in my opinion has all these accolades, all these medals, all these records, um, just knows when to compete at the right time. and. In his book, he just gives one specific lesson he learned from each of his 26 marathons that he's raced in his professional career. And one after another, you just put into perspective that pro runners are people too. They're not just these superhuman people that exactly. could um, just, you know, churn out 120 mile weeks, week after week. You know, he struggled with his own injuries as he was getting later into his career and even stuff that he could have easily avoided um, early on. No spoilers on the book, but you know, you do these things, you think you're doing everything right, and then all of a sudden you leave a small little thing in your shoe and you have a blister that you're dealing with for the rest of your career, mm -hmm. you know? So you can do everything right, but it's all about the lessons that you can learn from other people to help you not make that mistake the first time around and to be able to do everything as right as possible. And even so, like, you're gonna make mistakes on your own. It's just how road racing, track racing, any kind of running works. And the more mistakes you make and able to learn from it, the better off you are. And they definitely are humans. I, I, I love to hear when pro runners are humans and like they, they uh, 
know, obviously we know they're humans, but to just hear them making silly mistakes and, and going through the same silly things that we do, like, I, I, a, a sensation I get my Achilles sometimes is that oh, the only way I could describe it is that it's itchy. It's like such like a weird random thing that like <laughs> I feel like you probably wouldn't hear about too much, but but again, uh, just from the PT perspective, like you think itchy, you think okay, you have a skin disease, but that's obviously not what drugs mm-hmm. going through. But that's just how we described it. So how we pick this apart, right? So and that's just how he perceives it. Yeah. There's no other way to really describe it for him. And and to hear like that pro runners go through weird little sensations like that too it's not always just a, a pulled hamstring plain and simple or a strained quad plain and simple it's like you know, they go through weird sensations and weird very human things that they are confused about just as much as you're confused about your own injuries right uh, and, and it's it's uh it feels good to hear pro runners and pro athletes talk about that stuff mm-hmm. because uh yeah we're we're all on the same planet just the same way for the most part um yeah my my personal favorite book uh for just learning about uh, running it was advanced marathoning by by pete uh fitzinger fitzinger uh that's how you weird i'm always bad at uh names are hard yeah names are hard hard, (laughs) but yeah it's my personal favorite book uh forward by molly huddle and uh yeah it just gets into the science a little bit about like what your body goes through when you're training hard for a marathon and it's called advanced marathoning so you think it's for advanced marathoners but that's what they say in the beginning of the book is advanced marathoning isn't fast marathoning it's just taking your marathon career seriously whether Mm -hmm. you're running six hours or two hours as long as you just want to get better then uh this this book has quite a bit of information for how to understand what your body is going through in in that long amount of time. Yeah, and I, honestly, just like the more you read, the better it is. I know we kind of learned that probably a lot in the pandemic when everything was kind of shut down and we were sick of watching the same Netflix show over and over again. But really just learning about your own body um, from a obviously good source, not just the internet, is a great way to just help be in tune with your own. And hopefully not diagnosing yourself with the very first diagnosis you see in the book, but being able to understand that like, okay, something might be going on. I think it's this, but I really should talk to a professional about it. And again, I know it might be kind of biased, like having a PT talk about this from a physical therapy setting on their podcast. But again, like you see it, unfortunately, very often you think patients have this thing, they treat it with two exercises on the internet and it gets way worse before it gets better. And you don't want that to happen, especially when you have a big race coming up. It's, it's one thing to read about the small details of like the soleus versus the, the gastroc in your calf and to be like, oh, is this what's bothering me or is this what's bothering me? And be like, I think it's this muscle, but to actually have a physical therapist put you on a table, you know, feel your calf with their own hands that, that like they've been through the education. They know what like certain things should feel like. And some of us have been those injuries ourselves. So we, yeah. we've been there. We know exactly what you're going through and how to treat it, both from our own personal history of recovering and just PT school and experience. Yeah. Uh, so if you have any questions, obviously, you know where to reach us. Um, so Connor, I do want to hear about your, you, you mentioned MEBS 26 lessons over 26 marathons. I, I want to hear your personal very human lesson that you learned at your most recent Boston Marathon. And I guess you can conclude uh, your second most recent Boston Marathon, which was oh, in the boy. fall. Yeah, so first I'll go, into the, I'll go into the very first Boston I ever ran six months ago when 
I finally became a vulnerable runner because that race was like my first major injury um, mid-race, about a 10K into the race. Going downhill, felt a nice pop in my hamstring, thinking the world was going to end, but then um, hobbled to the finish line, um, which I don't recommend, but, you know, it's your first Boston, you got to do whatever it takes to get there, and, you know, had Tim, one of our PTs here, treat us, treat myself just to kind of put my mind off the I'm going to net run for six months kind of sensation, just being like, nah, like it's not as bad as you think it is, just start with the rehab that we've all been through and go from there. And so you focus the next six months as hard as you can for the next Boston and, you know, you do all the training right, everything was great, and then Newton Hills just took the worst out of you. So, So lesson learned first time is anyone's vulnerable, even if you think you're the most invincible runner that there possibly is, you can know about your own body, you can learn about everyone else's body as much as you want, but sometimes not everything just works best, something biomechanically was wrong, and luckily it wasn't as serious as I thought it originally was, but did what it took to get back there to the starting line the next time around. And the lesson the second time was you can have the most perfect plan that you've had established for yourself for six months and it can still not work out at all. (laughs) Because originally you go in, I had a whole plan of what, you know, everyone kind of tells you going to Boston to take it easy, go a little bit slower than the race pace, and then the second half, try to slowly drop it down and see what you got left in the tank. To do that, though, is very different than yes, to hear that. Yes, <laughs> very easier said than done, and people talk about it like it's sipping water. It's the easiest thing in the world, but it is not, because you get to the Newton Hills, and you're like, oh my god, like this is it. Like <laughs> My plan has gone completely off the rails. I'm just going to be out here and enjoy the course, enjoy a beautiful day with a little bit of sunburn on my right shoulder, and that will be that. So... Again, like, and that's like the whole fun thing of running is like the more lessons you learn about just racing and the course itself, the better prepared you are for the next time around. So I personally don't intend on doing Boston again anytime soon. <laughs> that course keeps two, two in a row. Is tough. Yeah. Two in a row in six months was not good just for my legs in general. Obviously people love doing it year after year and I commend them. I don't understand why people want to put themselves through hell like that year after year on a course like that, but People could obviously do the same thing about all of us just, you know, churning out 70, 80, 90 mile weeks, week after week, right? So it's all perspective, it's all subjective, but I prefer to take my time to a more faster course because that course hurts. Yeah, (laughs) I I definitely don't know when I'm going to be running that course. Uh, If if anytime soon, I... I hope it can go as smoothly as it went for you, at least the second time around. The second time, yeah, not the I first mean, time. I <laughs> mean, even the first time, like you still you still cross the line, which is all I could really hope for. Yeah. So, uh, with the, so then, what, how are you going to approach your next marathon uh, with with some knowledge you gained from these past six months? Yeah. So now that I have Philly going up, so it should be a much easier course than Boston ever will be. But what I pretty much learned, and what I hear, you know, day after day, both from just the research, physical therapy, and here that strength training is obviously making a huge. Um, uprising in terms of making fast runners faster and not just the typical endurance training of three sets of 12 15 reps we're talking heavy lifting three to five times your body weight because that's the amount of force you're putting in your legs with each step as crazy as it sounds so preparing your legs for something as high demanding as that can definitely make you both a faster and more efficient runner so if i ever decide to do boston again i'm going to be 
working my quads like you wouldn't believe, but <laughs> um, definitely want to use that um, going into it for Philly to see just how much faster I can go because obviously it's been a few years with the pandemic and everything, being able to run a fast and competitive race at the same time. So hopefully in Philly, that's what I intend on doing with a little extra beef in my legs. Yeah, I think Philly will be a, a it's the amount of competition at that race is I think really good for somebody like you. So yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'm excited to, to see that race. Yeah, I thought you were gonna run it again this year too. But I know, just there for the show, <laughs> uh, dude. I, I mean, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to run New York City. It's uh, I don't know. It, I I got the itch when I was there in, in the fall. I was yeah. at both races, but I got the itch a little more for New York City. It really so. does create an itch <laughs> just for wanting to run in general. So if you haven't ever, if you're in the New York City area, go out and watch the New York City Marathon. You don't have to run it. Just go out there and cheer for even an hour and it would inspire you as corny as it sounds you got to be out there and see it for yourself and tell me i'm wrong yeah it definitely is one of those experiences that just reminds you that you are fully alive you you feel every sensation all the emotions and to get to that finish line after everything you've been through is uh one of one of life's greatest uh greatest i, I don't know pleasure is it's not really a pleasure but it's more of a just achievement today it's it's just a day it's just a day man (laughs) yeah and for those that have heard me speak that week after the marathon you can tell how shot my voice was just because i was just enjoying it so much but it's a it's it's a day it's all i can really say it's just an awesome day just to show your love for the city of new york and all the runners that worked very hard to get there for sure uh one last thing i want to touch on before we finish up here is uh so as far as overtraining goes Sometimes you you do all the things you can. You you stop doing workouts. You still don't feel great. You go to PT. You're still feeling confused. You take two full weeks off of nothing. You or, or away from it all, and then you come back and you're still not sure what's going on. Your love isn't there. What what would you say to to like? I personally think like you should try something else for a little while or, mm-hmm. or how, how do you like refine that love for running again? Well, I mean, again, it depends with everything, but in terms of like find the love for running, like obviously you might just need a break from it. Obviously it's been causing you a lot of stress and turmoil for a few weeks. So it's time to just, um, just take a step back and try to focus on other things in life. And again, I know running is a huge, Um, stress relief event and activity for everybody and sometimes it's hard to find that other kind of thing to do and that's when you just want to work on yourself a little bit differently whether that's you know finding a different hobby in terms of um, endurance training another way um, getting into reading not trying like any negative habits like you know having an extra beer with dinner or anything like that that's not really what I'm talking about it's more of this positive outlook on how could I make myself healthier how can I make myself stronger faster without going into the running aspect and sometimes talking to PT is the way to do it sometimes just talking to regular therapists is a way to do it trying to separate yourself from um, the constant grind that you put yourself through and it sometimes wasn't enough but um yeah another big thing to be able to kind of bounce back from is hopefully I mean, Strava obviously helps with this too, but just being able to log everything, like not even just like the miles you put in every day, but how did that feel? Like, mm-hmm. um, did you eat something like kind of off that day that made your, you know, that made, gave you GI trouble, like anything like that? Like go into the past of what brought you to this point and you can maybe change not just what you're doing now, but in the future. Cause obviously you never want this to happen again. I personally wouldn't wish overtraining on anybody not just because of me being a physical therapist but because of what i went through myself 
there's just so much stress that you're that you don't deserve to put on your own body right so you definitely want to look back to see what you could do differently to avoid the overtraining like whether that's add an extra day of cross training or maybe you realize you did more easy maybe more hard days than you should have done and that's when you take one of those workouts out or you start noticing that week that you ran 80 miles or even just 30 miles that that was the week that was way too much for you just being able to log everything so that way you can go back to it and see a pattern and i feel like obviously runners i personally think are creatures of habit oh yeah and, that that's that's my big thing with, with just running is it's such a routine thing like exactly you, you, you runners i mean it's it's a thing you can do all year long it's not like there's really seasons in running it's just mm-hmm. it's something you can do as much as you want and uh it can become something that when you when you're thinking about taking a step away from it you're like oh, how am i supposed to do that i've been doing it for 364 days this year what exactly what do you mean? like <laughs> yeah and that's the thing like you want to cut out those bad routines that you had and kind of dive a little bit deeper into like okay this is what i did next cycle i'll do this better and if you need to talk to someone else about it, whether that's a coach, physical therapist, therapist, whatever it may be, there's people in your corner without you even realizing it. So all you got to do is just give someone a call, whether yeah. you have to pay them or not, or even if it's just a family member that has been through the same thing you have, or an old friend that used to run all this time and now got busy with, you know, real life. Like, you know, people, they have an answer, whether you know it or not. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And breaking that routine is, is very difficult sometimes, but sometimes breaking your routine and just spicing it up a little bit for a week two weeks or a month can just open some light to your to your uh normal life of running that that you didn't think was possible i do remember during the pandemic my the biggest thing i got into was cycling more and just going off road bike rides instead of running i just i just had no goal of it about it other than just just trying something new and just seeing how i would enjoy it and uh Mm -hmm. i found that that not only gave me a love for cycling, but also like gave me more love for my own running because coming back to it after that, it was just like, man, like I, I just, I realized that not only do I like training and chasing goals, I just love to move my body. And I think that there's a lot of value in that. Yeah. And there's a lot of way to do that without putting stress on it either. Mm-hmm. Whether that's, you know, going swimming, going cycling, like you said, like there's plenty of ways just Taking to move. a simple walk. Yeah. Like going simple for a hike. Walk. Yeah especially with the weather nice oh yeah you definitely don't want to really do that so much in the winter but if you want to get outside gotta get outside it is the season we, we are now officially allowed to say get out the doors and go for a nice hike or something yeah can <laughs> just get outside weather permitting yes <laughs> not not with those uh thunderstorms this morning it, yeah. it is currently monday may 2nd and there were some crazy thunderstorms for whenever we release this uh you, you might have remembered the thunderstorms on Monday morning. I'll definitely remember it for at least a few weeks. That yeah. was quite loud. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> um, all right, Connor, that, that, was, uh, that was quite a good conversation we just had there. I, I think we touched on a lot, and I, I hope we taught all the listeners a thing or two about how to identify overtraining, how to avoid it, and just, yeah, what, what the heck to do when it starts happening, how to, how to uh, navigate the difficulties that can be really confusing when you are overtraining yeah there's definitely a lot of questions that pop in your head on what happened why is it happening how do i make it better so hopefully this podcast and you guys listening i was able to answer some questions for you whether now or hopefully not but in the future if that time were to come and if you do have any further questions you know where to reach us you can reach us on instagram you can email us you can give the office a call and if you want to get scheduled for some pt uh just give the office a call our number is 
Let's see if I can remember off the top of my head. I'm usually reading it off. It's uh, 212-486-8573. We are located in Chelsea in Manhattan. Uh, so, yeah. And New Rochelle. And New Rochelle. Can't forget about our new office in New Rochelle. So, That's beautiful. Um, yeah. Shameless plug to our, our, our business that, that keeps us going and, and keeps a lot of people healthy because we love what we do here. Yes, we do. Um, all right, Connor. Thank you very much for, for joining today, and thank you to the listeners. Thanks for having me. Tune in next time to Thoughts from the Finish Line.